This is the Liberty NZ Breakfast. Why do you think, Pearl, that, that women are not natural leaders? I just think there are things that women are naturally good at and men are naturally good at. Women just tend to be more agreeable and the trait disagreeability. Men tend to be more that way where women tend to be more agreeable. We've forgotten Margaret Thatcher and Liz Truss and various other prime ministers we've Well, had. if you want to look at women in positions of political power, they're actually more violent and more willing to wage war. So I actually think that women do struggle in positions of political power as well. For example, your shortest prime minister ever here was a woman. This is a TNT Radio Encore. If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTRadio.live. To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at TNTRadio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israeli officials voted on Wednesday morning local time to approve a deal in which dozens of hostages kidnapped by Hamas will be let go in exchange for Israel releasing some Palestinian women and minors convicted of crimes from prisons inside Israel. Hamas will release 12 to 13 hostages a day for four days in exchange for a ceasefire during that period of time. Israel will release about three times that number to return to their homes in Judea and Samaria and East Jerusalem. Israel also reportedly agreed to allow fuel to go into Gaza as well as a significant amount of humanitarian aid. Israel's military and security agencies all reportedly supported the deal. It's not clear when the ceasefire will go into effect. An exploding population of hard-to-eradicate super pigs in Canada is threatening to spill south of the border, and northern states like Minnesota, North Dakota, and Montana are taking steps to stop the invasion. In Canada, the wild pigs roaming Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba pose a new threat. They're often crossbreeds that combine the survival skills of wild Eurasian boar with the size and high fertility of domestic swine to create a super pig that's spreading out of control. Brian Brook, a professor at the University of Saskatchewan and one of Canada's leading authorities on the problem, calls feral swine the most invasive animal on the planet and an ecological train wreck. More than 20 people were arrested in Sydney following a pro-Palestinian protest at busy Port Botany in Sydney. The activists organized against the arrival of a cargo ship owned by Israeli company Tzim while calling for a ceasefire amid the Israeli-Hamas conflict. About 400 people assembled near the boat ramp at Foreshore Road, chanting and waving Palestinian flags near the boat ramp. The protesters were seen in online videos clashing with police and allegedly failing to comply with directions from police to move on. New South Wales Premier Chris Minns and the New South Wales Police Minister have backed the actions of police following the arrests. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said during an interview with Eric Bowling on Newsmax that he would not meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping if he was president. So you saw these CEOs paying $40,000 to be able to sit there and dine with them. They did a standing ovation when he gave a speech. Uh, that's not how I roll with this. I think China is a threat to this country. Uh, I think we need to decouple our economy from China. We rely on China for pharmaceuticals, things involving military equipment, all these things that are key to national survival. We got to go through China. Why would we want to put ourselves in that predicament? So this has happened over many decades. A lot of people on Wall Street made money, there's no question, but it has weakened this country and it has strengthened an adversary. President Joe Biden recently published an op-ed in the Washington Post making only two substantial points about what the U.S. and its allies must do. Continue waging a proxy war against Russia and Ukraine and continue backing Israel in its war against Hamas. Here with more is TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. Now, this is a very strange op-ed in the Washington Post by Joe Biden, supposedly penned by Joe Biden. But did Biden really write this op-ed? Can Joe Biden put together a 2,000-word op-ed? Could he actually write something like this? No, not really. This was written by his staff or his handlers or his chief of staff. So what is it saying? What's the messaging for? What are they signaling? What they're saying here is basically what George W. Bush said when the Iraq war began to be unpopular popular in the United States. The messaging from Washington was stay the course. We need to stay the course and defeat Al-Qaeda. First it was to find Saddam and then when they found Saddam it was to defeat Al-Qaeda. When they finally supposedly defeated Al-Qaeda it was then stretched on to defeat ISIS and so forth. So you get the forever war. That's what Joe Biden's doing here. He's become a neocon or at least his administration is and it's a dead end. They want to fight a three-front war. How insane is this? And they want to escalate against Iran on behalf of Israel. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. 
With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Good morning and welcome to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant. We're an hour late, but you know what? I like it. I like getting up with the sun and going to bed with the sun. What was happening was I had to go to bed when the sun was still up and it was really hot. And in my tiny house where I live, it's very hot up top. Even if you turn the fan, I've got one of those fans going, turn it round the other way to winter so that sucks the air in from the outside and blows it round the loft, it's still pretty cooking. So I've decided to start at 6 o'clock, so I hope that's okay. We'll go from 6 to late this morning. Let's uh, check it out, uh, check out the weather now. It's 5 past 6. Good morning to everybody. Uh, thanks for joining me. And uh, we'll go over to Met Service first of all and just see what the extremes are there. Methven is the uh, hottest place at the moment. Hot and windy in Methven, 18.6 degrees. The lowest temperature right now is in Blenheim, 9.9 degrees. Invercargill is the windiest place with just 32 kilometres per hour blowing through there. Milford Sound, 4.6 millimetres of rain. Temperatures right across the country all in double digits pretty much except for Blenheim and it's uh, pretty close. We might as well round it up to 10 degrees so it's double digits right throughout the country with the warmest place being Methven. Uh, Tauranga is still pretty warm up there. Tauranga and Auckland are both on 17 degrees as well though. Let's move across to weatherwatch.co.nz and have a look at the situation. First of all, a front pushes north over the South Island today. It's going to bring rain, a bit of warm weather just before the change moves in. It's going to be cold around about Friday. Uh, mainly settled in the North Island with a few isolated showers this afternoon for Northland and oh, they have plenty as well and that may become heavy. Uh, for Northland, Auckland, Waikato and the Bay of Plenty, morning cloud breaks to sun. Isolated showers developing in the afternoon for Northland and the Bay of Plenty. Showers for the northern part of the Bay of Plenty, they may become heavy in the ranges with thunder and then clearing later on in the day. For You've also got some winds for the west and southwest, tending northerly in the afternoon with um, and that's in the eastern areas. West to southwesterly winds push through to east in the evening with a high today of 21 to 23 degrees. For the western part of the North Island, and will include the central North Island as well, morning cloud and then sun with high cloud. Northwesterly winds, showers overnight or perhaps around dawn on Friday with a southerly change. 19 to 22 is your range. For the eastern North Island, morning drizzle, bit of cloud as well for Gisborne. Uh, cloud breaks by midday, and then it's expected to be sunny with high cloud north to northeasterly winds. Overnight rain for Wairarapa with southerlies, 22 to 24 degrees is your expected high. For Wellington, partly cloudy with breezy northerlies overnight, southerlies bringing rain, 19 to 22 degrees is your temperature expected uh, temperature high today. For Marlborough to Nelson, mostly sunny with some high cloud, northerlies 10 to the west in the afternoon. Overnight southerlies. Uh, they'll bring rain for Marlborough. A high today of 23 to as high as 28 degrees for you and also for Canterbury. And Canterbury, you've got mostly sunny weather. Warm though with some high cloud and um, you've got a bit of rain pushing through uh, in the north late afternoon or evening as those northwesterlies change to southerly. As I said, 23 to 28 degrees today for you. For the west coast, mostly cloudy with some heavy rain in Fiordland. It spreads north in the afternoon. It's going to be clearing from the south from evening. Northwesterly wind change to southwesterly in the afternoon, reaching Buller in the evening. Highs today of 16 to 22 degrees. And finally, for Southland and Otago, dry at first and then expect showers. Rain moves in around midday with northwesterlies. It's going to change to northwesterlies. And you've got, it's going to be a bit gusty as well. Uh, that's in the west to southwest, those winds are uh, going to be coming from. And uh, you've got some rain easing to showers in the afternoon, perhaps clearing for a time, and then beefy showers. I like those beefy showers. It's going to be raining uh, cows. Uh, they're going to move in around about the evening for Southland. Overnight for Otago, and perhaps there's going to be a cha chance of hail as well. And uh, you've got a few flurries of uh, snow as well, around down to about 600 metres, some flurries. And a uh, high today of 14 to 23, quite a range there. That is the temperatures. I'll be back with the news. We'll, um, we'll see what happened on this day. We'll, we'll look at everything. It's almost 10 past six. Good morning. 
Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Business as usual at the United Nations on Tuesday as the U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres proved once again that the institution is a one-sided joke when it comes to Israel. After quote-unquote condemning the Hamas attacks of October 7th, which killed over 1,400 Israelis in the most brutal of ways, he was quick to add this disclaimer. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. Almost immediately, the Israeli ambassador to the UN tweeted, the UN Secretary General who shows understanding for the campaign of mass murder of children, women, and the elderly is not fit to lead the UN. I call on him to resign immediately. That chance. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Be sure to listen to my show Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio. And Steve Malsberg. Oops, sorry. Uh, Steve Malsberg, he is great. Absolutely fantastic. This is Peter Hitchens, you might have heard him just rudely interrupt me there. It's um, just gone, t- 10 past six. Yeah, it is just gone. The last time I was in the West Bank, I spent a very interesting day in Bethlehem talking to a former uh, former fighter in the Al-Aqsa Brigade. He'd been fighting against Israel for most of his life, but after Oslo, he'd been among those pensioned off. He was now living peacefully in a very pleasant flat in Bethlehem, and we chatted about this and that. He was an immensely intelligent, broad-minded person until the subjects of Jews came up, whereupon this stream of drivel straight out of the protocols of the elders of Zion emerged from his mouth. And it was, it was embarrassing because, again, this was a person who was completely friendly, intelligent, informed, educated, with much experience of life, and then suddenly it was as if a switch had been turned and this poison was coming out of his mouth. It's, it's horrendously common there, and people aren't embarrassed by it. Yeah, Peter Hitchens, yes. Okay, let's have a look and see what happened on this day in New Zealand history. The 23rd of November in 1918, that's 105 years ago, we had the influenza pandemic. It reached peak mortality, according to this. I don't know, if you go over to Dr. Sam Bailey, uh, you can find her at Dr. Sam, D-R, Sam, Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y.com. She's got a whole folder on on the viruses and uh, and uh, over-reporting of things. And apparently there was even some over-reporting done uh, about this thing here. They said that 50,000, I think they said that 50 million rather, 50 million deaths, but they thought, oh, that was a bit low, so they doubled it <laughs> to 100 million, as much as 100 million. But anyway, no other event, according to this article here, put out by the government. And uh, so you can, you know, we, we trust the government, don't we? Um, anyway, it's never killed, not killed. <laughs> no other event has killed so many New Zealanders in such a short time as the uh, 1918 influenza pandemic, so they say. I think the one that's happening now is probably killing more, but they're hushing it up. But here they like to pump it up. Uh, the second and more deadly wave of the new strain of influenza arrived in influenza arrived in New Zealand on October the eight, uh, 1918. By the end of the year, around 9,000 people across the country had died. Half as many New Zealanders lost their lives in little more than two months uh, than during the, fir- the entire fir- First World War. Well, worldwide, the pandemic was responsible for at least 50 million deaths, so they say. But apparently that's dubious. Dubious. Um, At the time, many believed that the AH1N1 virus, uh, if you believe in viruses, had arrived on board the the RMS, that's, uh, what would that be, Uh, Royal Merchant Ship, I suppose, Niagara, uh, which birthed at Auckland on October the 12th. 1918 after sailing from Vancouver and San Francisco but this no longer is thought to be the case historian Jeffrey Rice's analysis of the death certificates revealed the peak mortality in New Zealand probably occurred around this day about 23rd of November uh, six weeks after the arrival of Niagara and several weeks later than the than would have been expected if the vessel had brought the virus uh, given its incubation period, all the stuff that they say, which <laughs> you, we're probably going to find out in 50 years' time it was all a load of baloney uh, when we finally get some honest politicians. <laughs> Is there such a thing? Hmm. The exact details of the flu arrival in New Zealand remains a mystery. However, it was a New Zealand passenger and cargo ship, the 
It was called the Talune, uh, which was responsible for bringing influenza to Samoa on the 7th of November. Seriously ill passengers were allowed to you know, just wander ashore without quarantine. And the virus spread quickly, apparently, uh, within one, about, between <laughs> one-fifth. I better have a coffee. Push that plunger down. All right. Can we do that? We push the plunger down. Uh, about one-fifth to one-quarter of the population died as a result. The highest death rate anywhere in the world, apparently. The New Zealand ordinary life ground to a halt as the pandem- a pandemic, I beg your pardon, the pandemic peaked. Schools and many workplaces shut down. Oh, it sounds familiar. And towns and cities set up depots to coordinate relief efforts. Preventative measures, including restricting the opening hours of public, Face mask, of course, <laughs> they'll be there, and uh, f- f- public facilities, and they they postponed what was it opening hours of public year, yeah, yeah. and they postponed and cancelled events that would have brought large numbers of people together, including the Auckland celebration of the armistice with Germany. The armistice, yeah, Maori were particularly affected by the flu, with a death rate more than eight times that of British and European people. Military camps, some small towns, such as nightcaps in Southland, uh, were disproportionately uh, affected by the had very high numbers of deaths. The flu was unusual in healthy people that were unvaccinated with those earlier vaccines, uh, but mostly it was the young ones who were all jabbed up with, um, I don't know, smallpox or whatever else, you know, scarlet fever, what else they were giving them, which weakened their immune system and then caused them to get the flu. Also elderly as well, you know, they're frail anyway, and they, they jabbed them. So they jabbed the kids, the babies, and they jabbed the elderly. But the young people, young and healthy people, uh, ones that were vaccinated, they got into trouble, early vaccines, that is, uh, they were in trouble. But the ones that had never had a vaccine, according to Virus Mania, they were unaffected by the whole thing, which makes you think that it was, um, it might have been orchestrated, mightn't it? Uh, and, and all the soldiers, of course, they got it. And, of course, they thought it was brought in by the soldiers, actually, and they called it the Spanish flu, flu there for a while, didn't they? Uh, it was very interesting. And uh, one particular distressing part of it was it, it turned the skin of the victims purple to black. So they were purple to black in colour, which is very interesting, very strange. Hmm. When you study homeopathy, purple and black, you know, that's, I might just look that up actually and just see what that could possibly be. Uh, and it was due to pneumonia, they reckoned, and it was attacking the lungs, and it, the initial infection uh, caused it. It was responsible for most of the deaths, this is what they say. But really, I think it was just people that were all vaccinated up with those earlier ones. This is <laughs> the world according to Grant. Uh, Grant Edwards is yes, at 17 past six. He thinks that that's, that's what caused it. They're all vaccinated. And that's true. If you read Virus Mania, which you can buy for 10 bucks, I mean, gosh, it'd be the best $10 you've spent this century, wouldn't it? I mean, good grief. Read that book. You can get it. It's over at Dr. Sam Bailey. That's D-R Sam Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y.com. You can buy that book. You probably get it at Amazon. Buy it through those burglars if you want to. Uh, I think you can just buy it on Kindle for $10. We can get a hard copy, but you know, good to get a hard copy because soon probably they'll they'll probably go in and change words and stuff like that that are online. Who knows what they'll do with the digital stuff? Anyway, the pandemic, the pandemic, whatever it is, declined rapidly after reaching its peak. Uh, in its aftermath, the government set up a royal commission. Oh, they're, they're good, aren't they, though? Yeah, they really get to the bottom of the truth. And it resulted in Dr. Margill's 1920 Health Act considered a model piece of legislation at the time. Uh, a number of memorials of the for pandemic victims were erected around the country, including the Maori victims, and to doctors and nurses who lost their lives. Among them was a prominent nurse. Her name was Margaret Cruikshank. She was New Zealand's first female doctor. She wasn't a nurse at all. What, what did you... I just put that in. Oh, doctors and nurses, yes. She was a doctor. First doctor in the country. Dr. Cruikshank. Yes, and also influenza continued. It does, apparently they say it continues to be a significant health issue, especially if you've been jabbed up because it really affects your immune immune system. Uh, up to 20% of people each year are causing some deaths. So don't get vaccinated with anything and you'll be fine. won't affect you at all. You don't even get colds and stuff like that. Uh, I was listening to an interview actually with uh, Peter Williams by some woman, doctor, uh, gosh, what was her name? She's from the UK, from Manchester. came over to New Zealand, was living in... Where was she living? Uh, Gisborne, I think it was. What was her name now? Uh, Willoughby, I think. Dr. Willoughby. And uh, I didn't like her, actually, even though she's come out, finally come out after, you know, keeping, you know, sitting on her thumbs and tight-lipped. But she was head of anesthesia. Is that how you say it? 
Anastasia. <laughs> no, no, that's the Russian thing, isn't it? Anastasia at uh, Gisborne Hospital. And um, so she said, instead of, she knew something wrong with it. And she had a colleague as well. She said, oh, hang on, we don't know about this vaccine thing. She knew quite a bit about mRNA, extra in actual fact. But she didn't say anything. She kept her mouth shut. She kept it zipped. And you know what she said in that interview? And Peter Williams didn't uh, bring her up on it. I would have I would have had her up on it. I would have said, what? what? She said, I just waited to see if others around me were affected by the vaccine, other colleagues, before I, you know, I held off taking the jab for as long as I could. And I wanted to see what whether others... And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, what got maimed or dropped dead? So you just sat back, did you? And you just waited to see what the lab rat, what happened to the lab rats, which were your colleagues and others around you. While you knew knew stuff about it, you knew there was something wrong, and you said nothing. You bitch. That's what I think you are. And I would have told you so too on that in that interview. Just as well, just as well, uh, Doctor Willoughby. Just as well, you were being interviewed by the well mannered and uh, mild mannered. Uh, Peter Williams because if I'd been interviewed I wouldn't let you get away with that so you rotten cow you waited to see if others would be you knew there was something wrong with it and you said nothing until now and only after you yourself got jabbed and uh, a jab injured you finally came out if you had got a decent um, uh, one of those uh, uh, batches where you didn't get uh, um, what you call it didn't get uh, sick but you got really sick she nearly died but I still have no pity for you because you said nothing. Only now you're saying something after you're injured and have been sacked because you didn't want to take any more. You should have spoken up. And all you bloody doctors that said nothing, you've got, you have, there is no way you can win your favour back with me, Grant Edwards. I'll know. You've, and tell you what, most of us thinking people here in this country in New Zealand, we don't trust any of you to sit the right way on a toilet. We wouldn't. As far as I'm concerned, I'll use Rowan Atkinson's term, I would liken all the doctors in this country, all of you, to a compost heap. And I think you, Dr. Willoughby, who said nothing when you knew that there was a pot, that there was something wrong here, we shouldn't, this is very, very wrong, and you said nothing, you're the biggest weed growing out of it. Don't, don't say things you don't mean, and don't go along with things you don't agree with. I told my kids when they went to school, look, kids, follow the rules. But don't follow stupid rules. Who decides if they're stupid? Well, that's a hard question because most of the time you should follow the rules. But now and then the rules get pathological and, and you have to stand up. He said, if you're going to stand up and break a rule, think about it and you have to be willing to take the consequences. But there's consequences to not standing up to stupid rules too. And if you think that those consequences are lesser, then you suffer from the delusion that there's an easy path through life. The only good doctors are the New Zealand doctors speaking out with science. I have to correct that. Uh, not all of your doctors. The ones that are left are state doctors. They're the ones that do what the government tells them to do, and they jettison their brain and all the, all the training that they've had over the, you know, some of them decades. Uh, the great doctors, who have we got? Dr. Sam Bailey, Dr. Mark Bailey, her husband, uh, some fantastic doctors. I can't think of all the names, but all those doctors, almost 5,000 medical uh, experts, medical practitioners, doctors, nurses, vets, all sorts, they've all refused to get jabbed, and they've all come out. They came out right at the start. They wrote letters to the to the government, and Jacinda Ardern, Marxist, communist, call it what you like, fascist government. They wrote letters to them, They and they all got struck off. Uh, I, know, uh, I know so many doctors that lost their licenses for speaking out. And, uh, you know, I have no respect for you people, you doctors, that, you know, you, as far as, you might as well just go and work for the Nazis, but, you know, just put, send, put you in a time machine and send you back and you can work for Adolf in the labs because you're disgraceful. You're, you're just disgraceful. The, the worst people, you are state doctors. And I, I take a bow. Well, I won't take a bow, but I, I would, um, I, I honour, I honour, I don't know. I, I think all the great doctors that stood stood against this great wall of advertising and the media and the pressure that stood against because they knew that it was wrong. They knew in their heart, this is not right. And they stood against the government. They are the great doctors of the world. Uh, in a moment, we'll have a look at the Babylon Bee and see what news is coming up. You won't believe what Joe Biden has just done. There is an extremely famous story of 
of uh, rabbis, Orthodox Jews at Auschwitz, the, the largest of the death camps of the Nazis, put God on trial for breaking the covenant. Elie Wiesel affirmed that this actually took place. This is not apocryphal. And here is the amazing thing. They gave God a lawyer. They gave God a prosecutor. And the prosecutor won. These religious Jews found God guilty of breaking the covenant. But here's the punchline for Jews anyway. And after they said, and God is found guilty, they said, and now it is time to daven mincha. Yeah. It is now time for the afternoon prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He broke the covenant, mm -hmm. but we're having the afternoon prayer. Dennis Prager there with uh, Jordan Peterson. Now we're over at the Babylon Bee. Very good, uh, very honest reporting here in Washington, D.C. After handing $100 million to terrorists hell-bent on killing Jews, the White House today accused Elon Musk. Well, that was actually earlier this week. They accused Elon Musk of being an anti-Semite over social media posts. Apparently, Elon Musk has crossed the line, said the White House spokesman Andrew Bates. We may be funding genocidal terrorists by giving them millions to buy weapons with, which they will slaughter Jews with. But Elon, feuding with the Anti-Defamation League over critical race theory, is completely unacceptable. To emphasize the serious nature of Musk's crimes, of being a tweety bit rude and a deceitful leftist organization, the White House has called on Attorney General Merrick Garland to hunt him down like a rat and force him to wear a little star on his clothes as a warning to others. Not, uh, that's not all. That's not all, uh, said Bates in the now cheering crowd, they, as the now cheering crowd rather, of journalists. In an effort to fight anti-Semitism everywhere, we pledge another $100 million in taxpayers' money to Hamas. The 1,200 Israeli civilians murdered by Hamas terrorists just weeks ago could not be reached for comment. Now, we've got this lady. We're moving over to Washington here. We're still with the bee, uh, the Babylonian bee. And uh, as President Joe Biden celebrated his 81st birthday, the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, made the bold pronouncement that Biden is officially the youngest president in the nation's history. It's truly remarkable achievement said the black uh, fem uh, f she's a feminist yes she's also a lesbian and uh, uh, her name is uh, Jean-Pierre uh, she said that uh, he was the the youngest sharpest president of all time when he was lawfully elected in November 2020 and he has somehow grown even uh, younger as time has passed she said it's something no one has ever done in the American history before it's truly amazing Jean-Pierre announced the uh, I think that's how you say no, it looks like Jean-Pierre's announcement comes as people across the country even some in President Biden's own party have begun to raise questions about his age and capability to lead the nation moving forward I started to wonder if having a guy that old in charge was the best idea said the plumber Jason McLean but since the White House said he's now the youngest president ever, it must be true and reliable information. It's good enough for me. When asked about the veracity of her statement, Jean-Pierre was uh, defiantly adamant. If I say he's the youngest president of all time, you can trust my information, she said. While we're on the subject, it's also very normal for the leader of the free world to take several naps a day, go outside for a recess after lunch, and have members of the Secret Service detail, read him bedtime stories. There are all tremendous, these are rather tremendous accomplishments that no other president in history can claim. Uh, at the publishing time, Jean-Pierre also made strong claims that Biden was also the youngest, smartest and most, uh, he was the greatest really, uh, and uh, the most accomplished and mentally sharpest president who's ever uh, overseen the complete total collapse of the United States. And uh, now we might just move across to, um, I think that was a bit of fun. Did you enjoy reading? <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, ten big, uh, big, uh, big lies, that big farmer. Ten lies. Okay, here we go. It's been quite a roller coaster ride, hasn't it, the last few years? Everywhere you turn, you find more reasons to distrust the authorities uh, that oversee our lives. At least we can trust the big pharmaceutical companies that work so hard to keep us alive and well, right? Right? Not so fast. The Babylonian bee uh, has, has to enlighten you about some lies from Big Pharma that you might still believe. Now, here they are. Number one, you should only take two Flintstones vitamins a day. They're trying to hide the truth that if you take more than one, you'll become immortal. Two, medicine is supposed to taste bad. There is ongoing collusion between Big Pharma and Big Capsule to make medicine taste bad on purpose. So you have to take it in a pill. 
uh, diabolical. Three, a heart attacks at the age of 25 are totally normal. It's uh, even more normal if you're a world-class athlete. Four, it's important to get a yearly physical. Uh, this is just a ploy to sell drugs. If you eat homemade sourdough bread and take a nice bath every week, that's basically the same as going to the doctor. Five, all our lab rats uh, died of natural causes. Sure they did. Uh, six, the flu vaccine prevents the flu. <laughs> uh, seven, nine out of ten doctors who are totally not compensated recommend this drug. Nobody bribes doctors to prescribe this stuff. Nope, not at all. Eight, we're trying really hard to cure cancer. Yeah, they gave up on that years ago, didn't they? Uh, nine, we're totally not lizard people running massive experiments on humans with the intent of reducing the population and breed a race of docile servants for our own sort of overlord. Uh, ten, a vac the, finally, a, a vaccines are completely safe and effective. Safe and effective. And uh, this could refer to any vaccine, not a specific one from a few years ago. Uh, you know the one. You know that one. Now let's be so uh, sobering. Let's uh, let let's be a what? Let this be a sobering lesson. Yes, that's right. Uh, this is not even the ones that claim to have the best interest at heart are always telling you the truth. It's a wild and dangerous world out there, folks. Stay safe and don't trust anyone except for the Babylon Bee. You can trust them. And also the Palestinian Authority uh, thought that Gaza hospitals, they're run, running dangerously low on ammunition. Uh, yes, this report that's just come in here from New York City, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas, he issued an impassionate plea at the United Nations this week, begging Western powers for aid to help hospitals in Gaza, which he says are running dangerously low on ammunition. The situation for our dedicated Palestinian healthcare professionals is dire, he said. They're out of 7.26 ammunition, rocket-propelled grenades, and C4 to strap to adolescent boys. Soon, uh, they will be severely crippled in our ability to kill Jews. We will be. Uh, we call on the US and Europe to send money to help us before it's too late. The Biden administration has responded sending $100 million to Hamas on the strictest condition that they promise that they're just kidding about all the ammunition stuff and that they're really going to be using the money for things like Tylenol and bandages. I looked in the eyes of Hamas leader and I trusted him, said Biden. Uh, we stood man-to-man -man like Matt Dillon uh, faced the uh, Mexican dog-faced pony soldier in Bonanza. Uh, if, it goes back on, if he goes back on his word, I'll wrap a chain around his, his head, said Jack. The Palestinian Authority was quick to clarify that in spite of the request for ammunition, Hamas has never operated from hospitals or used children as human shields or done anything wrong to hurt anyone. Ever at publishing the $100 million worth of rockets has been delivered to hospitals in the region. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, don't know if there's anything more to to look at there. We might come back to the Babylonian bee uh, from Babylon uh, a little bit later on, but um, for, next we'll go to Israel in the 365 News and see what they've got to um, got on offer, see what they'll dish up. Here's Piers Morgan with um, Yuval Noah Harari. He's a I think he's an evil, evil Jew, one of the bad Jews. People, for instance, talk a lot these days and, and for many years and for good reasons about the suffering of hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who lost their homes in 1948. Mm. Few people know that as a result of the 1948 war, also hundreds of thousands of Jews lost their homes in retaliation for the war uh, Jewish communities all over the Middle East, in Arab countries, in Egypt, in Iraq, in Yemen, in Syria, the largest group of people now living in Israel are Jews that were expelled as refugees as a result of the 1948 war. Now, does this justify what happened to the Palestinians? No. Does this justify the Israeli occupation and the mistreatment of Palestinians there? Absolutely not. And we shouldn't use historical injuries to justify more injuries. Well, yes, I mean, I think he's an evil Jew, but uh, you know what? He's, I think he's right on this. He's right on that one. And, you know, there's evil people. Just because he's a Jew doesn't mean he's evil, does he? No, does it? Of course not. No, that's right. In fact, I think I think I think anyone has a propensity to well, women. <laughs> women have a greater propensity for evil, in my experience. 
Uh, or maybe I just bring it on myself. I don't know. Maybe I bring out the worst in women. Who knows? Who knows? Some, some might say that. But um, yet only a woman would say such a stupid thing. 27 minutes to 7. Oh, it's wonderful actually uh, working in the, in the light instead of working in the dark here. As usual, not, it's just wonderful. Have the windows, blinds up, looking out at the hills, sun shining across the hills. There's the cattle. And you know those cattle on a thousand hills? The Bible says the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Fantastic. Now, let's move across to truthsocial.com. That's the Donald Trump uh, copy, uh, really, isn't it, of Twitter. I think it's better. It's sort of, I don't think it's growing that, well, it's growing. It's it's kind of popular. Who have you got there? Well, you've got all the usuals. You've got real Donald Trump. Uh, you've got, um, what's his name there, Dan Scalise. What's his name? Scalise or Scalita. Uh, you've got Don bon, uh, Dan Bongiorno, uh, Denise D'Souza, he's there, John Rich, and the Washington Post. They're actually in there as well. So anyway, in the Washington Post, they say that a pilot killed in a single-engine plane crash near uh, Plano, Texas shopping center. A pilot killed in the thing. A single-engine plane crashed Tuesday. That's overnight today, really, isn't it? Tuesday? Oh, that's yesterday. A night, according to American North Island, Northern Hemisphere, it's all different up there, isn't it? They're sort of a day behind us here. We're way ahead of them. The sun shines first, doesn't it, here in New Zealand on Mount Hikarangi. That's why we're, we're the first country in the world to trade. Did you know that? Mm, it is. Uh, so anyway, was it terrible? This is terrible, this thing here. It happened near a shopping centre. Very lucky. Uh, killing the pilot. Uh, and uh, igniting an unoccupied car. So that was good that it was unoccupied, but very sad. Uh, Dan Bongino, he says, the mystery pneumonia it, uh, tears through schools in China with many, many hospitalised. An eerie echo of the early days of COVID. Oh, no, don't stay, don't even talk like that. Things could happen. Hospitals in Beijing and 500 miles northeast of Liaoning uh, are among those overwhelmed with sick children while... School classes were on the verge of suspension, according to local news reports. Nasty. More from uh, Bongino. The, oh, yeah, it's still him, the Bongino report. Uh, TDS, I'm not sure what that, the peak TDS, what's that? Uh, MSNBC, that's the, um, the fake stream media television channel, isn't it? The news channel. The, the, he says, the, the crazies are now arguing Trump is more dangerous than Hitler. Oh, wow. Official site of the Dan Bongino port podcast. Stay up to date. Oh, it's just an ad for him, isn't it? DC Inquirer, long-time de- uh, Democrat representative, announces retirement ahead of the 2024. I don't know. Is this interesting? Long-time Democrat Tuesday. No, not really. And oh, we've got another one here. Um, this is Dinesh D'Souza. He's actually just posted a link uh, on uh, Truth the Social. It's uh, truthsocial.com, and it says disgraced Democrat governor. Uh, what's his name? Andrew Cuomo, um, he is um, he's the governor of New York. He may be considering a run for mayor of New York. No, no, keep him out. God, he was nuts, wasn't he? Him and his brother, crazy brother. Uh, he was the news guy, wasn't he? Mm. And uh, more from Denise D'Souza. What does he say? Super expensive. The NRCC drops video targeting Democrats for Thanksgiving food price hikes. National Republican Congress Committee is releasing a video on Wednesday, uh, the first shared with the Daily Caller. What's the Daily Caller? Is that that's not um, that's the Wire, isn't it? The Daily Wire. That's um, Ben Shapiro. And uh, more from Denise. He's really out there. Iowa candidate's wife convicted on 52 counts of voter fraud. <laughs> a voter score a, a voter fraud scheme involving Vietnamese immigrants. You rotten cow. That's like the wife of a candidate. Good grief. 52 counts. Oh, that's good. They're finally catching up with them. Uh, more from Dan Bongino. He says, another sign emerges that it's getting bad enough. What's getting bad enough? Don't miss my show today. Oh, it's just um, pushing his own barrow, isn't he? Gosh, you don't see me doing that. Join me at the Grant Edwards breakfast show. No, you don't. You don't. You know, I don't do that. I just keep it quiet. That's why we don't have many listeners. <laughs> Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump, he says something. Many times when I'm making a speech, which are always sold out. Oh, gosh, you're full of it, aren't you? Yeah, full of it. I used to have a, a mate who had a mate called full of it because he was full of it. Anyway, he reckons they're all sold out. This is Trumpy. He used to call him Trumpy as well. Um, it says here, lots of people are not being able to get into the arena or venue. The fake news will watch people come down from the rafters 
bad seats, that is, onto the floor nearest the stage. As soon as this happens, the lamestream media starts taking pictures of these once fully occupied seats and, uh, and areas. And then it, and it came out with the story, Trump Arena wasn't full or Trump didn't have a sellout. And when they know that that was a complete and utter lie. What else have we got there from Donald J. Trump? Wow, he says, wow, just out. Uh, Ron DeSanctimonious <laughs> is in third place. Birdbrain is now topping him for second. This is big news, I guess. Trump is on 64%, up 5%. Haley, 9%, up 1%. DeSantis, or Sanctimonious, 8% equal. Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, I like him though. I like him. He should become a Republican and be a running mate for Trump. He'd be brilliant. Trump would love him. There's not. I don't think there's much that Trump wouldn't like about Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. I can't believe that he's with the Democrats. He's just too intelligent. And Nikki Haley. Oh, apparently she's sort of like an inside girl. Nikki Haley. Anyway, Ramaswamy only five percent up too. But his day will come. Christie, who's been around forever, 3%, still the same. And Bergam, never heard of him. <laughs> He's on 1%. Oh, in the Republican primary, former President Trump leads 64%. A five-point increase since last month following the former United Nations ambassador, Nikki Haley, 9%. Florida Gar, we've read all that. That was a tweet. Washington Times, Senator uh, Bob Mendes, allegedly bribed with gold bars, <laughs> hires attorney nicknamed Gold Bars. Huh? Really? And battled Senator Bob Mon- Mon- Men- Mendo- Mendes. Menendez, is it? Menendez. He has more in common with his new attorney than may meet the eye. The apparent affinity for gold bars, according to the Washington Post. Yeah. And what if a national poll emerges? Trump, 47%. What's this? Oh, is this the interactive poll? So they're saying, look, I can't believe this. It's just nonsense. They've got Biden at 43%. And Trump on 47. That's just rubbish, really, isn't it? Biden? Good grief. Man, I mean, it's not Biden that's running, is it? It's all his aides. (laughs) It's it's like like keeping him alive. It's like, to me, it's like, uh, did you see the movie uh, A Weekend at Bernie's? (laughs) <laughs> with Bernie, he's a rich guy, and he died, and they kept him alive. He kicked the bucket, they kept him alive trying to make out he was still alive. I'm not sure why they did that, but they had him out in the boat and stuff, but he was actually a dead, dead Bernie, and they and they were sort of like pretending he was alive and like had too much to drink and passed out and all this sort of stuff. It was called A Weekend at Bernie's. You want to look it up, probably find it online. Ask some child to find you, um, yeah, some young person, they're good at finding videos, uh, that us old people can't find so you can watch them free on the internet. Highly illegal. Highly illegal. Uh, so they've got um, Trump at 42% plus 6, up 6 I suppose. Biden's 36. What's this for? This is the national poll put out by in- interactive polls. Emerson A. What's that? Uh, then it says down here, yes yeah, so I don't know why they say that Trump for, I guess that's Trump most preferred president. Oh, I, don't, I don't understand. If he's 47% there and then further down it's got Biden at 43, and then it says Trump at 42, up six. Biden, 36, and I don't know what, JFK Jr., or Robert F. K., I should say, 7%. And then they've got someone called West, I don't know who they are, and Stein, 1% each. And then the GOP press, oh, this must be their polls. Oh, I see. Okay, they've got Trump at 64%, up 55. <laughs> Haley's on 9, DeSantis 8%, Ramaswamy 5, and Christie's on 3. Well, that's the same, isn't it? General Ballot. GOP 44% up 1, Democrats 43%. 1,475 RV, whatever that is, what is that? 662 GOP RV. That looks like um, 11 over 17, 22. I don't understand any of this. It's just these confusing graphs. My eyes glaze over, a bit like at school when the teacher started talking. And I sort of kind of go off into a dream thinking about boogie boarding or something like that. And then... I'd be sort of like dreaming, looking out the window, wondering what mum's got in the lunchbox, and then mum and dad put a note in my box, say, hello son, have a nice day, and um, hope you have a nice day, we love you, stuff like that, it was lovely, I do that for my kids too, give them a little note, um, anyway, so what was I saying, yeah, and then all of a sudden, um, they call my name, but they weren't actually calling my name, the, the teacher would say, now we can't take it for granted. And I'd hear my name, Grant, granted, and I'd look up and I'd wake up like that. She could see the change. 
But that's what it was like. It's the only time I ever heard anything at school was when they said something like, well, let's not take it for granted. I can distinctly remember leaping up. And uh, anyway, I've just thought of some other naughty stories, which I won't tell you about at school. Now, uh, Trump's still talking on, we're still over on Truth Social here. Gosh, I haven't got into any real news. Wow, fake news, says Trump. Fake news, CNN, uh, through a leak from the Department of Injustice, has just reported that no charges will be filed in the much bigger than mine case of crooked Joe Biden, the documents case. We're living in a very corrupt country. A President Xi and I had to deal, uh, had a deal with, this is Trump, he's saying this, he says, whereby China was going to criminalize at the highest level the death penalty, he reckoned, uh, the manufacturing of fentanyl. Oh, good on you. So that's, see, Trump's a, he's a mover and a shaker. And I see, actually, we will leave that story there. Um, he is also uh, promoting uh, actually, that reminds me, I might go back to the B. Um, he's promoting, um, the, he's really promoting that president of Argentina, the new one. Um, he's supposed to be, a, the, the, the media call him a, a right-wing um, fan, fanatic. But I don't think, I don't think he is. Now, I'll just see if I can find that story. Oh, there, here we go. Yeah, I'll be back with it in just a moment. I'll just have a quick cough and a dry reach. No, not a dry reach, just a cough. I've got, I've got a coffee cough coming up. So I'll be, I'll be back in a minute. What are we up to now? Quarter to seven. Gosh, and I, could, uh, 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 I, could, I suppose I could just keep the mic on and cough in front of you. No, I won't do that. I'll be back in a minute with more from the Babylon Bee. Babylonian Bee. Did you know that when a high-voltage wire falls to the ground, running is a huge mistake? As it touches the ground, a strong electric field with a radius of about 20 meters radiates outwards. This electric current can flow from one foot to the other, causing severe, sometimes fatal, injuries. However, there's no need to panic. If you're some distance away from where it touched down, you might feel a slight tingling sensation, but the voltage isn't lethal yet. Always remember, don't move forward or panic and run. Just lift one foot and hop backwards to stay away from the danger zone. I, I kind of want to know why can't you hop forwards? Why do you have to hop backwards? I think hopping backwards could be dangerous. Anyway, uh, from Portsmouth, immediately after the Argentinians did the unthinkable and elected an actual libertarian to an actual political office, a ship full of libertarian immigrants was seen departing New Hampshire's port on Monday morning in the search of a better life in the new world of Argentina. Oh, what's happened here? My... Oh, no, 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 this is no good. It's going from... Why, why is it doing that? What's happening now when I use my roller on my mouse... Instead of, oh, you dick, Edwards, um, it's going bigger and larger. Hopefully that's fixed it. No, it's, I can't, it won't roll. Oh, anyway, well, I'll just have to fake it, put up with it. 14 minutes to 7. We'll have TNT Radio News at 7 as well. So I'm just going to have to hold the mouse on that little little arm on the side because every time I move my roller, it, it, it increases the, um, it, it zooms in and then I roll it back and it zooms out. So we can't have that. Anyway, so immediately after the Argentinians did the unthinkable and elected an actual libertarian into a political office, a ship full of libertarian immigrants was seen departing a New Hampshire port on Monday morning in search of a better life in the new world of Argentina. Didn't I just say that? Uh, the libertarian pilgrims say they hope to find freedom and liberty America once offered in the strange new country. They boarded the USS uh, Memflower <laughs> with all the goods and possessions, uh, consisting mostly of video games and weed. Uh, anyway, they happened this morning, and they set, well, that was the, when it was reported, they set sail for the new life. Uh, somebody said, we embarked uh, on this voyage in the hopes of seeing our libertarian utopia, utopia finally implemented, said the captain of the ship, Greg Reynolds, for life, for liberty, and... The gold standard. Freedom, they cried as the ship was christened by breaking a bottle of homebrew IPA, of course, against the vessel's hull. The motivation uh, to the pilgrims was wi uh, wildly, was, was, oh, sorry, was va varied, <laughs> varied wildly, with some searching for religious freedom, others looking for better economic opportunities, and a significant percentage just wanting to go and smoke some deck. Uh, according to sources, some of us want to be able to practice our religious beliefs without interference, while others just want to invest in crypto without government meddling. Others just really, really like guns. <laughs> he gestured towards one passenger huddled up against some barrels. That guy 3D printed uh, on the M1 Abrams tank. Uh, at publishing time, an argument had broken out over whether 
their new society would be a doggy coin or precious metals as currency. And so that is the uh, the other great story from the Babylonian bee, the Babylon bee, the Babylon bee, yeah. Um, I like, what's the bee business? I mean, I suppose there used to be spelling bees in, in America. We never had them in New Zealand. Maybe we did in the early days. Need to bring back spelling bees. That would have been immensely helpful because I like competitions, but I wasn't very good at spelling. Retiring is generally a very stupid plan for people. They have a very narrowed image of what retirement means. So they imagine themselves, you know, surping, slip, sipping margaritas on a beach in the Caribbean, which is... <laughs> a real good plan for the first night well right you just turn into like a fat sunburned alcoholic in no time flat and like i've seen people around 55 start to decide that they're old you know they've sort of decided that they've had the adventure of their life and that they're done and that does facilitate they're aging very rapidly. Mm, I bet you it does. Jordan Peterson there with more words of wisdom from good old Jordan. Uh, let, let's pop over to the expose. That's another fantastic paper uh, here. Well, if you call it a paper, <laughs> it's sort of an online paper, isn't it? And uh, they're out there. Look, they've got the hand out. They've got the cap in hand. Uh, their November fundraising campaign. Uh, they're out there trying to get money. Authorities recently attempted to shut them down by restricting their access to funds. Oh, they did that to Billy T. Kahika as well, didn't they? Shut his bank down. Uh, they closed one of my accounts as well without asking me, or well, they said they did and sent me an email, but I never saw it. Uh, they opened it up again, though, when I when I um, threatened them with taking their money somewhere else. Um, and also another heading here is how harmful is your, is your COVID-19 vaccine batch? Find out now, according to the expose, that was done a few months ago here, but it's quite good. They've had quite a few comments on it. An investigation of data found that the U.S. Vaccines Adverse Events Reporting System, that's the VAERS, has revealed extremely high numbers of adverse reactions and deaths have been reported against specific lot numbers. So not all of the batches are bad. Some of them are and some of them aren't. Uh, in another story here at the expose, don't bother explaining the science. Just use religious and military leaders to get people vaccinated President of the European Research Council says World Good Economic Forum agenda contributor Maria Lepton. She believes the governments shouldn't use science to persuade their citizens into taking experimental mRNA injections. Instead, all that is needed is to co-opt the religious establishment. Baroness Hallett's or Hallet, I don't know if she's Baroness, would she be French? Probably let's say Hallett's. Uh, her COVID inquiry is a waste of time and money. Here's what we should be doing, according to Rhonda Williams. She's a reporter for the Expose. You can find them at Expose hyphen, which is like a little minus sign, isn't it? It news, uh, Expose hyphen news dot com. I think it's silly to have a name like that with a hyphen in it, because when you're telling people about it, I suppose you could just you could try just try Google. I don't don't think you'll find this one. I think you'd have to go to one of those extraordinary ones in the grey web. I don't know what the grey web is. I just imagine it's somewhere between the normal web and the black web, the dark web. I've never been to the dark. I don't even know what the dark web is. People talk about the dark web. I wouldn't know how to get onto it. Wouldn't. I don't know why would I want to anyway. I suppose I might have to go somewhere else when you can't get information. Gosh, it's a struggle anyway, getting information when you do a search, isn't it? It's just nuts. Anyway, so this, uh, she says here, this is this Baroness. Uh, she says, after a few months of... Ha- well, this is not what... She, this is what the... Um, uh, the the expose news says Hallett's pantomime. We are well, after her pantomime. We are quite clear, according to the expose publication, what the inquiry is not that it is not about evidence based policy. Dr. Tom Jefferson and Professor Hal Hennigan they wrote, "Let's stop wasting money." They say excess deaths among children continue to rise in the thousands across Europe following the EMA's emergency use authorization of the COVID-19 vaccine for kids. Disgraceful, isn't it? Excess deaths among children across Europe. Medicines Agency, apparently they extended the emergency use authorization. See, this emergency youth means use, emergency youth. <laughs> emergency use means they can do what they like, basically. They can give you, they can just, you know, if it, if it wasn't for emergency, that's that's the, um, that's the loophole they're using to, um, to push this poison on people. And, uh, and another thing, in that interview that Peter Williams did that just came out, the one where I don't like the doctor at all because she sat back to see if her colleagues dropped dead before she took the jab, that was the first one. Um, another thing she said that if I was to put, it's quite interesting actually, I've made some notes actually. Uh, her name is Dr. Lee Willoughby, L-E-I-G-H. Uh, she's the former head of the anesthesia department at Gisborne Hospital. And she did this interview back on the 17th of November with Peter Williams on Reality Check Radio. 
and um and I don't know how many minutes in, but I know how many minutes were to go. It was 43 minutes to go. She made this terrible claim that she just waited to see who was going to uh, die before she would take it. And then she said that she she was embarrassed that she didn't do her homework. That was with um, 13 minutes to run on this particular video or, or recording with Peter Williams. Uh, she said she was ashamed. She started to say, she said, she actually said, I, I wasn't ashamed. She said she was, she said she was, um, what was the word she used? Embarrassed. You see, that's more, it's pride, isn't it? She was prideful. She was embarrassed that she went along with the coercion. But she should have been ashamed, actually, that she went along with it. And then um, something here, it's got expert something material, uh, six minutes in, six minutes to go. I couldn't make out what that was. I can't even read my own writing. It's terrible when you can't read your own writing. Doctors have that trouble. That's probably why there's so many deaths um, with prescription medicine because the doctors, the pharmacists can't make out what they're talking about. <laughs> okay, and also COVID injections are discontinued in Iceland, according to Rhonda Williams. There's a report that's just come out in the last couple of days. In early October, a conference entitled Let the Science Speak uh, was held at the um, Reich, Reykjavik in Iceland. Uh, speaking at the conference, uh, they talked about the COVID injections harm and the, the World Health Organization's power grab. Genetically altered food, beware. Another story by Rhonda Williams. She's very good. Science has, during the last few decades, represented us with a, or presented us rather, with a, <laughs> with a steady increasing and apparently endless, apparently endless variety of moral dilemmas and practical Treat uh, threats. Oh, gosh, you're shocking. You can't read to save yourself this morning. The subject of uh, genetic engineering is a a perfect example, and that's a good story. It's heated genetically altered food. You want to look that one up. Another crisis, much worse than COVID, paralysis of power supply, communications, transportation, that sort of thing, according to the World Economic Forum. And that was Klaus Schwab, wasn't it? Yes, he said that. Um, that there's going to be another one. That's what they'll do next, I reckon. They're going to um, they're going to blank out everything, and that will be probably when they can bring in their cashless society. I would think. In fact, I've got Klaus over here. I'll bring him to you in just a moment. But let, before we do, can we just hear a fab? I love these funny commercials that are put out by someone in America puts them out, and I love them. <laughs> I just think they're funny, and I just play them from time to time just for a giggle. Doctor, tell me, is John going to... He'll be fine. We just need to bring him out of this coma. What? What's that humming sound? Oh, that indicates John's mental activity. No. Well, is, is there anything I can do? Talk to him. What? He may recognize your voice. Oh. He may respond to a word, mm -hmm. an expression, anything that he's greatly devoted to. Okay, uh, John, it's me, Jeannie. <laughs> Your wife. It's okay, go on. Oh, John, just this morning at D's, little Cindy was saying how Wait, much... say that again. Uh, uh Cindy? No, D's, D's. Um, um, oh, okay. Uh, uh, we were at D's, and and we all had the ham and egg special. Keep going. Uh, thick slice smokehouse ham, farm fresh eggs, golden hash browns. Mmm, I had them with hotcakes, and... What happened? Oh, right, at D's, John usually gets the blueberry muffin. He's coming out of it. Oh, this is wonderful. Now he won't have to miss the big family reunion. D's Ham and Egg Special. For a limited time, just two ninety nine. These Family Restaurants serves you right. Dr. Kissinger, our time, uh, our satellite time is running out. What wonderful opportunity to conclude our week here with such uh, concrete proposals and ideas of how we can really create, I would say, a new world order. Ooh, New World Order. <laughs> it's uh, three minutes to seven. We've got TNT Radio News coming up. You heard Klausy McSchwab's first And uh, this is his latest song. Back all night. Actually, it's a, it's a series of songs. Be happy. But this one is going to make your modified mRNA tingle. Time Lies presents Greatest Schwab's, Volume 15. A New World Order in Music. One, two, three, four, five. All the unvaccinated are still alive. A little bit of Pfizer in my arm. A little bit of BioNTech does no harm. A little Johnson Johnson does the trick. A little AstraZeneca so you don't get sick. It's booster number five. Let's talk about Vax, baby. Let's talk about Doc Fauci. Let's talk about all the weird and countless side effects, maybe. Let's talk about Vax. Let's talk about Vax. 
Come and take the seven shots, the seven shots. This a little luck you get. My, 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 oh! My, 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 you can't like this. You won't have to be rich with CBDC. You'll have all you need the central currency. We just take your extra wealth and your cash. And you can walk 500 steps, but not a single step more until the curfew activates and robot cops stand at your door. Just a small town boy drinking, genetically modified soy. This ensures he doesn't co-create. Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. We are almost nine billion people. Please stop bleeding right now. Feeding starts a Pfizer. We just make you take it, even if you hate it. Greatest Schwab's, Volume 15. Now available on Spotify and MRN Apple Music. All the caterpillar tastes like chicken in wine. And meals on taste just like a steak.